Really good question uh, by Michael to start the podcast, talking about the vagaries of uh, a flip of a coin potentially decide uh, an NFL overtime match and, and, and why uh, a touchdown um, is the deciding factor where if one team scores a touchdown in overtime, the game's over. The other team doesn't get a chance. The reason pretty much behind that, uh, Michael, and you probably already know this, is that what was happening in overtime is that teams were playing it safe and trading field goals backwards and forwards. Um, you know, if you get a field goal and the opposition team has a chance to tie and misses that field goal, it's game over. And I don't think that's what the crowd was wanting. I don't think that's what the NFL was wanting. And probably more importantly, I don't think that's what the, the network um, was after as well. Um, they don't like draws. They don't like ties in American football at all, as you'll see with overtime or extra innings in baseball and overtime in, in the NBA where it'll keep going until someone wins. Um, they also want the excitement of the touchdowns as well. So it is a coin flip in a lot of cases that will decide who's going to win uh, an NFL overtime. Um, we'll look into the statistics on that uh, in, in future weeks as well. So it's a really good question. But really, the other side to it is they don't even want it to get to overtime. They want the game decided over those four quarters. And like a lot of sports, I mean, you play on a, a green uh, green pitch in cricket, you win the toss, you put a team and you could have them in all sorts of trouble. So there is the vagaries of sport. Uh, and it does come down very much to that philosophy uh, of American sports of, of not wanting the tie. You know, would I rather see a touchdown? Yes, I would. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. Really appreciate the question, Michael. Hope that answers it. Second question uh, comes from Daniel, and Daniel, appreciate it. Uh, now, Daniel's question is in regards to umpiring standards in the BBL, which I think we can all um, see, even if you've only turned on a few games. It has been a lot lower this year. Um, Daniel's asking if you know the DRS is, is contributing um, to the umpiring standards. I definitely think that it, it is certainly... Um, not helping um, umpires because if an umpire makes a mistake with the DRS, it's it, it, you know it's kind of highlighting the mistakes they're making. So it's almost like they're gun shy um, as well. It, it you know all these kind of things VAR in in football and DRS in cricket, and I think the initial kind of implementation of these um, initiatives was to get rid of the howlers, you know, the, the handball on the line or the absolute plum in front, you know, the obvious nick behind, not the little bits and pieces where it's touching the, you know, it's touching the, the, the leg stump and they go, well, no, it hasn't conclusively. And, you know, it, it, I think that has also not um, helped. And I think umpire's confidence has been hit by by this. So I don't think it's laziness. I don't think any umpire goes out deliberately not to try and do their job. But certainly the standards are down there. I think it's a couple of things. It could be umpiring fatigue. The amount of BBL games um, that are being played night after night, um, the different kind of pitches. So the umpires get into their, as you know, Daniel being an avid cricketer, the umpires get into their mode as well. They get to know the bounce of the pitch and they get to know where the players are coming in on what angle. Um, with BBL night after night, 
the umpires aren't able to do their homework. They're not able to adjust to those pitches as well. So it could be, um, I think, umpiring fatigue. I think we also um, obviously are going to have more umpires umpiring because of the amount of games, whether it's Test cricket or the T20 or the 50 overs. There's more umpires at the top level now than there may have been previously. And that's fantastic to give umpires experience, and that's fantastic to see the depth grow, but it also means that in some games we've got less experienced umpires, um, which at that point in time, especially if it's on TV, you know, the mistakes they're going to make uh, are obvious. We also are not really getting a directive from um, the International Cricket Council. We're not getting a directive from uh, the ACA uh, about what the umpire's um, preferences are to be. So are they erring on the side of caution with dismissals? Are they, um, you know, benefit of the doubt to batsmen and things like that? I think that's absolutely paying, uh, playing a part. I don't think it's laziness, but I can I can honestly see where you're coming there. They're like, well, I don't have to make a decision here. Um, I'll let DRS make it. I can 100% see that argument, but I think it does come down to depth. I think it comes down to fatigue. I think it comes down to the conditions being so different all the time that it's just making umpiring harder. They also don't have that downtime where they're able to go and review their own decision-making, just the same as a, a, a footballer or a batsman or anyone who's able to go away and look at their technique. The umpires probably have less time to look at their own performance and, and study games and go, oh, maybe I would have made that decision a little better. And I don't know... Daniel, we can look into this as well down the track, is the kind of support mechanisms that umpires have. It'd be really interesting. Um, I'm not hearing any of those discussions about the umpiring meetings, the umpiring's bosses. We used to hear that a lot about, you know, the head of umpiring and the discussions. And I think that a lot of us would, would really benefit from having the head of umpiring come out and speak more about why decisions are being made and the philosophy for that year. Look, we are going to err on the side of caution. Um, we are going to defer the DRS more. It would be really awesome if they came out and made that statement and then partway through the season um, said, look, we've looked into things and this is how things are going to change. It helps the teams in the BBL. But it also helps viewers because at the moment, I I could be wrong, but your question comes from what so many people are talking about. The standard of umpiring has been extremely poor in so many sports over the last year or two. Has even COVID played a part in that, you know, where the umpires can't get together as much. They can't go and watch as much cricket. They, they can't do the things that they're used to doing. Is DRS responsible? absolutely part of it. I don't think it's the whole answer. So I think it opens up to more discussions. So uh, let's open up the, these two questions from Michael uh, and Daniel. So you can contact me at Paul underscore football on Twitter. You can get us on the Love Sport Podcast Network on Facebook and on Love Sport on Twitter as well. And you can uh, answer these questions. We'll put the uh, questions up from Daniel and Michael on those pages and get the discussions going. Uh, as I've said before, I don't uh, pretend to have all the answers. I just like to put out the hypotheticals. Thank you. Great question, Daniel. So we're not going to go into the uh, lineups. We're not going to go into any 
form too much. We're just going to go straight into our EPL, uh, basically a pick 'em um, on what's going to happen this week. Uh, so tonight we have Everton taking on Newcastle at 10:30. Newcastle, Newcastle in just horrendous form at the moment. Um, had a lot of COVID issues in, in the north of uh, England. Uh, so they've had a lot of sickness throughout. They've got a manager who just looks bereft of ideas. And we've got Everton who um, flew really fast and high early in the season. Look like they've got a very good squad coming together. Uh, I expect Everton to run this out. 3-1 uh, winners. Crystal Palace taking on Wolves. Two teams desperate. They they can play great football. They can play horrendous football. Um, I think this will be a high-scoring three-all draw. Man City taking on the revitalised uh, Sheffield United. Uh, Man City coming off the 5-0 win. Uh, Sheffield United coming off their, their massive uh, upset uh, of Manchester United as well. Going to go Man City 3-0, but a, but a tough 3-0, uh, if that makes any sense at all. West Brom taking on Fulham. Two teams are going to go hard at it. Uh, One-all draw. Arsenal taking on Manchester United uh, in the early Sunday morning game, or you know, three thirty in the morning uh, in Queensland at least. Um, Man United two one over Arsenal, a really tough game. Southampton taking on my Villa. Um, Villa coming off a bad result where they dominated the first half um, against a very very determined Burnley, and Burnley end up coming away with the three two win. I really hate to say this, and Villa supporters are going to hate me. Southampton 1 0. Chelsea taking on Burnley on Sunday night. Um, Chelsea not in the greatest of form. Burnley really, really taking it tough. I'm going to go one all draw here and a bit more pressure on Chelsea after getting rid of Lampard. Monday morning, we see Leicester take on Leeds. This is going to be a backwards and forwards game. I'm going to pick the upset here. I'm going to go Leeds 3-1 over Leicester. Leicester still without Vardy. Um, He's had his hernia uh, surgery. He's expected to be back in the next 7 to 10 days. Um, Monday morning again, we have West Ham taking on Liverpool. Um, Liverpool 2-1 over West Ham in a really tight game, and I think it's a contentious decision there. Brighton, Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham, you know, their early season form, a lot of people have made questions or said statements about Tottenham. They're just not playing the football we expect from them. Gareth Bale came off the bench the other day very late, so it's good to see him at least on the field. I think they'll get up 2-0 over Brighton. That's our very, very quick EPL wrap. You can probably disagree with me, but the best thing is you can always listen back to this and, and pick how much, uh, how many mistakes I made. That's our EPL wrap. Oh, the A-League and W-League. I, I love my local sport. I love my local teams. Go the Brizzy Raw, and um, I'll be there tonight, by the way. But uh, just another embarrassing situation with the coverage. We've missed W-League goals. We've missed highlights. We've missed a A-League goal there in the season. Now we have Tuba Boy. We'll put up a copy of this on the Love Sport podcast on Facebook, Love Sport uh, podcast on Twitter, and also at Paul underscore football. If you haven't seen it, basically in the coverage of a WE game, uh, it crosses over to a guy. looks like he's doing his stats. In the background, he's got his beautiful Tuba. So Tuba Boy has now become part of the A-League, W-League vernacular. Well, let's have a look at the uh, games for the rest of the round. Uh, Western United taking on Melbourne Victory. The team from the West, the team from the East, um, playing basically at Victory's home ground. Uh, going to be a tough one. Um, I'm going to pick a two-all draw. Bessart Barisha will do something silly, and it'll be two-all. MacArthur FC taking on Sydney, Sydney FC. And part of the 
discussion on social media lately has been the ticketing for away tickets for games. We're trying to attract crowds, and the ticketing prices for away fans just seems ridiculous. I won't enter too much into that. Um, Sydney FC completely out of form here. I'm going to go MacArthur FC 1-0. And Brisbane Raw. Now, this is really funny because Brisbane Raw is taking on Adelaide United at 8.15. So we don't have daylight savings. So you've got the... MacArthur FC, Sydney FC game kicking off at 7.10 local time. The Melbourne victory and Western United game kicking off at 5 o'clock local time. And then you've got the Brisbane Raw game, which realistically for the Eastern States is 9 o'clock. So you're going 5, 7, 9. And right, look, I'm going to go Brisbane Raw 3-1 over United. That's our uh, A-League predictions.